Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Good morning, everybody. Today is Friday, October 27th, 2023. I'm your host, Ephraim Jr., and today we pulled 97 Bonnie and Clyde. Hi. I'm going to tell this story during the strange little girl season. I'm sure of it, but I'm going to also tell it here because it's in my head. But And I know this sounds so unbelievably untrue, but it is 100% fact, is that when this album came out, I was a music manager at Hastings and I had thrown a big party. Uh, I did like a whole Strange Little Girls promo party, midnight release, and got them to keep the record store open till midnight, which they never did. And then I got a bunch of merch from Atlantic. I got a bunch of flats and like made posters. Anyway, there was a, and there was a good turnout. But that album, I of course, it was on prominent display. It was like on an end cap when I used to, you know, when I used to do retail, when I was living my best shaggy life. And I remember these two boys they were like teenagers they were teenage kids these two kids came in male presenting and one said one they were like standing in front of the thing and one picked up the cd and said oh she does a, I saw this is what sounds so unbelievably untrue he picked up the goddamn cd and said oh she does a cover of eminem's 97 bonnie and clyde on this man it makes me cry and the way he said it i it's exactly what you would want you know, a young male teen to say about, and you could see his perspective changing. But, and that's why it sounds so untrue. But like, fucking, sometimes we pull, sometimes I'll be saying shit about something and then something will come out of the bag that's perfectly exactly what I'm talking about. And so sometimes in life, things happen is what I'm saying. And you just have to trust me because that happened while I was at Hastings and I was like, I'm going to log this in my mind. And then it's been there ever since. I could, I could, if I could draw, I would draw you a picture of this child. But anyway, we pulled 97 Body and Clyde today. Hello. Hi, everybody. 97 Body and Clyde is a cover of an Eminem song. We all know, you know, Eminem, that peanut, you've heard of him. This song is a brutal song. The song is a violent song. And this song is probably the most talked about song from Strange Little Girls, which is an album that she recorded of songs by men from a woman, all told from a woman's perspective. So she did that. And this is the song that she used from Eminem. And it was probably the one that had the most press surrounding it. And she did it every night on tour. It opened every show on the Strange Little Tour. And I was thinking... A couple of things have been like sticking out to me lately. Maybe a month ago on Big Brother, which is a show I watch. I watch Big Brother. I am American. And (laughs) one guy in the live feeds said, yeah, I really had to learn that women are people too. And the way he said it, it was such a trash statement. It was such a trash statement. And he did a lot of other problematic things. I was also thinking about how quickly and completely culture can change a perspective in a matter of like years. So things that were appropriate to say then are not appropriate to say now. And not just in this specific song, but like in culture. Because I was reading Britney's book. You know, I read it in one sitting on Tuesday. Well, I listened to it in one sitting. That's that's still reading. I still know the book. Okay, don't come for me. So Britney said in an excerpt from the book where she's talking about Justin 
releasing Crimea River and like really dragging her through the media, she said everybody was in, at that time, people were in a, I got problems, I'm a young troubled man, I got problems. And everybody was really wanting to blame him on women. And like that a bitch gotta show me respect kind of attitude and she like cited a few songs and a few things that were like popular at the time and that it was all it was a very misogynistic time and so he was using it as an angle for his solo album to drag her through the media and that's how she like rationalized his behavior which is probably true and it gave the album more of a story and it gave the album more obviously more sales and it let people drag her which she said it wasn't like the what we do now it's like everybody you know and and then I, I saw this tiktok which i was obsessed with where this girl is like let the bitch talk i don't care if she wants to say something from 1942 this girl has not been allowed to talk for years let her talk justin shut up we don't want a statement and she's doing it in the right era and i thought in the right era and she is doing it in the right era she's doing it in the right era any era actually but right now we are ready to listen the world i think can't not listen to her and how the era and the times can change a perspective on something and it can go into the negative also because i was also recalling how in 2008 9 10 11 i was obsessed is the wrong word but i was oh my god that just reminded me of tori i don't think fascinated would be the word when she was talking shit about courtney love allegedly allegedly anyway i wasn't obsessed with Casey Anthony trial, but I was preoccupied by it and I was really angered by it and I was I was absorbing all of the details. And I and I had nothing going on in my life at that time. Do you know that David Fincher? Is it David Fincher? Was it David Fincher? No, it was the guy who directed um Traffic, the first Traffic from 2000. Steven Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh directed a play in Sydney like in 2010, maybe 11, somewhere in there, maybe 09 even, called Tot Mom, based on Nancy Grace and based on Casey Anthony. The trial, well, not the trial, but the case. And I did everything I could do to say, to like get my shit together to go see that. And to, I actually emailed the theater and like tried to work on it as an assistant director because I, I have an MFA. Why can't I assist Steven Soderbergh on Tot Mom, the play starring, was it Kate Blanchett who played Nancy Grace? Um, anyhow, I was really preoccupied with it. And so I absorbed the details in the moment as they were coming out daily, like literally lived and breathed this trial for a long, long time. And so when Casey Anthony came out with her documentary last year and lied and everybody like including Rosie O'Donnell and everybody's like, what about the father? This makes sense. He this and that. And I'm like, she's leaving out key details. She's leaving out. She's going from A. She's drawing a conclusion from A to Y and skipping B through X. And you're taking it all the way to Z for her. Like she's and then everybody's like, it's her era. It's her time to talk. It's her. It's finally time that we hear her truth. This is a it's so it can be really bad. I'm getting worried worked up. I'm sorry. (laughs) She just pisses me off, right? Oh my God. Anyhow, I'm so angry about that whole thing. I cannot believe I thought about that. But it, it, the times changing can be bad for certain things, and it can be incredible for other things. And also, like, it's just about framed perspective. It's like how we frame things. So as we pull 97 Bonnie and Clyde, it encourages me to think that we might find, maybe one day see a better... I, 
I can't imagine that this song would come out today. I can't imagine that this song, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm naive, maybe I'm a young, thin, naive woman, but I can't believe that this song would come out today. In fact, there's a really transphobic song right now circulating on Apple Music and Spotify, and there are calls to boycott Spotify, but there are calls, like, they're really holding Spotify particularly to the fire. Do I believe that Spotify should take down things? No, I don't, because it's a slippery slope there, too. Like, it's freedom of the press, it's freedom of expression, it's freedom of speech, you know, it's all of it. But at least there is a backlash, and I'm sure there was a backlash when 97 Bonnie and Clyde came out. But I guess what I'm saying is that I do feel a cultural shift now where certain things are not allowed. Especially when I talk to teenagers, when I'm because I'm old, and you hear things from the past and people say things like you watch a movie in fact i'm watching every movie from 1978 did i tell you this i'm watching every movie from 1978 i'm working my way through every movie and times were very different then and things were said in all of them like there are so many n words in all of the movies but it felt like a dialogue and if you can i can point to movie like it felt like not a dialogue in the film but it felt like it was a cultural topic it felt like it was very political and it was a very much a cultural topic. And then things shift, you know, take the word. I'm going to use a slur here. I'm going to use a, a bad F word. That's your warning. Take the word fag, for example. There is a, a debate between younger gay people and older gay people. And you can't police what an older gay person wants to call themselves. You just can't. So language changes. Cultural ideas change for the better usually, sometimes for the worse. Like, I feel like we've slipped back. Oh, so what I was saying about 1978 and all of the racial slurs that were being dropped in film is that it felt like a cultural dialogue was taking place. I, I don't know because I wasn't around, but I'm sensing from the movies that this was a political topic. The use of this word was a political topic. The outcome of which we know now. You, you, would, nev- you would be very hard-pressed to find the N-word in any modern-day movie that is depicting our modern lives perhaps a period piece and even then it just it it lands with a thud in the theater you know what i'm saying as it should but the cultural dialogue that they were having then the outcome is now like we we know the outcome of that debate we know where we landed we don't use the word and there's changes like that that you can point to everywhere you know and it felt like people were open to having their minds changed And it doesn't feel like that anymore. So sometimes things can go really backwards. Like I have to, I'm confronted with a lot of pro-genocide news. I had to stop listening to my favorite news podcast because every day it was pro-Israel and it was not taking into account, which let's be clear, I'm not anti-Israel, but these news shows, these like supposedly balanced news shows are not presenting a balanced picture and it's really it's i don't know what i'm saying i'm saying that hopefully things can change for the better and maybe we can go into this weekend hoping that next week will be better i had a really killer week actually so um but maybe next week will be better maybe next week will be even better and i created a list but because i was inspired by this list here is this list 35 socially unacceptable things that should be normalized are you ready for this list 35 socially unacceptable things that should be normalized and i have one normalize if you are gay or even if you're not gay and you're hooking up with a lot of men people with penises normalize putting their dick pic 
as their contact photo. That way you don't have to do the work of scrolling through your pics to like remember who it was. You know what I'm saying? Normalize putting the dick pic as the contact photo. So I will do that for friends. I will do that for anybody. So send me, send me, if you you send it, it's becoming your goddamn contact photo. Just be warned. Okay, this is a socially unacceptable things that should be normalized list. Okay, number one, not forgiving people who have purposely wronged you or hurt you, especially family. I'm really tired of hearing people say, be the bigger person, or you have to forgive your family no matter what. Blood is thicker than water. No, you don't, and it's perfectly fine. So let's normalize not forgiving people who have purposely wronged you or purposefully wronged you. Number two, women having body hair. It's our bodies and our decision to decide what to do with it. That's true. So let's normalize women having body hair. Number three, Having STIs, we should all be trying our best to practice safer sex, but stigmatizing STIs keeps people from seeking help. And I agree with that. Stigmatizing STIs, first of all, STIs, not STDs. It's more accurate term, but stigmatizing it, it's, they're so treatable. And in fact, I heard my friend came and told me about this new thing called Doxypep. Have you heard of Doxypep? It's like a doxycycline regimen for 72 hours if you feel like you've had potentially like a risky encounter, you know, like it's like a, if you feel like you got chlamydia, okay, or gonorrhea, then and you're afraid of that before like the next day start a doxypep cycle which is like 72 hours of doxycycline and then you'll be good to go modern medicine you know we is there anything we can't do except for end genocide number four going into stores looking around and not fucking buying anything i feel uncomfortable going into stores that i don't know whether or not I'm buying something in. And if I do end up not wanting to buy anything, I usually buy something small anyway, so I don't feel like they think I stole something. Good for you, Glenn Coco one. This is like a curated list from people. Yes, especially like when you're at a goddamn craft fair or like a vendor bo- like precinct on Sunday. Oh my God, let me tell you what I'm doing on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday at the precinct is a murder bar. It's called <laughs> Everyone Dies at the End or something like that. Um, where all the drag queens, all their numbers, everyone dies in their number. So I don't know how they're all going to die, but it's going to be amazing. Everyone has to die. And there's going to be, I'm not allowed to promote this. John, you told me I can't say a thing. And I'm saying it to thousands of people across the airwaves. But if the fact that you're going to get to precinct and do this can only be a good thing, right? There's going to be a tattoo artist at the precinct giving out tattoos. And me and Maggie are going to get matching tattoos. And I'm assuming there's going to be like a sheet there of things that they'll do and like a price list. And as long as there's something cute that we both can agree on, we're going to get it. And we're both hoping for matching ghosties, like little sexy ghosts. I don't know where, maybe on my, maybe on the back of my arm. But when there's a vendor situation at the precinct, it's all, I always feel so bad. Like I just touched all your leather belts and chaps and everything. And now I got to buy something. That's how I ended up with this pup hood and harness and jock strap. Number five, having representation of different sexual orientations in the media other than heterosexual relationships. Preach, queen, preach. Number six, talking about asexuality. Most people either don't know about it or don't care. All I want is awareness and a bit more representation. Love out to the aces. Love to the aces. Number seven, experiencing the world as a disabled person. I wish that a lot more accommodations were easily available, not awkward to ask for, and people wouldn't judge so much when you need mobility assistance. I wish that too. And I'm going to add to that larger chairs in establishments, please. Thank you. Number eight, being a virgin. It shouldn't be something we're made fun of for. You should not feel pressured just to do it, even if you don't want to. 
I agree. Like that, that should be number one. Who's making fun of the virgins? You have the backstage passes. Number nine, for employees to call out customers for being rude. I agree, you should do that. It's ridiculous that they're expected to sit there and take the verbal abuse because the customer is always right. Number 10, being introverted. The cliche is true. We reward extroverted traits because they're more transparent. Introverts get a bad rap that we're unfriendly and standoffish. That is true. Number 11, socially unacceptable things that we should normalize. Talking about periods and period pain. Hit it. Number 12, going to the cinema alone. You get to pick the movie, you get to pick the snacks, and you get to pick the time. You also get to pick the seat. I've been to the cinema on my own a lot, and it's brilliant. You know what? The very first movie I ever saw by myself was American Pie, and I was terrified to walk into it. And I, I was like, oh my God, everyone's looking at me. But no one, I realized they're not looking at me. They're watching the movie. Okay, so... Uh, Cut to maybe the next day, not even. It was like later that night. I was like, I love going to movies alone. I didn't have anybody talking to me. It really was an empowering experience. And I spent the autumn of 99 watching every single movie alone. I went and saw The Green Mile like four times. I saw American Beauty. I can't remember everything. I, I saw every movie on the Oscars list. That was the first year I had done that. And it was because I empowered myself, my little scared little self to go to the movies by myself. And I go to the movie. I just... I saw Cat Person yesterday. I saw Anatomy of a Fall, which by the way, if you get a chance to see Anatomy of a Fall, 10 out of 10. I loved it. I loved it. It's a little long, so prepare yourself, but it's it's brilliant. Anyway, I love going to the cinema alone. If you haven't done it, do it. It's so empowering. Number 13, choosing not to touch or be touched in certain situations. Declining to hug, touch, or be touched by family members, acquaintances, or anyone when I don't feel comfortable should not make them upset or offended. This is especially a problem with families and with men. If I want to pass on that hug or ask you not to touch my waist as you walk by, that should be okay. Fuck yeah, Abigail Brown 13. Hell yeah. When I was at the Collaboratorio in Portland, that theater directing thing that I did in June, we all had lanyards, you know, with our name, little name on it. And you could pin on your lanyard uh, strap a button that said, hugs okay, or fist bumps, please. And it just let people know exactly what everyone was comfortable with at that moment. And it was, it took the guesswork out of it. Pins, buttons. There's a social battery like monitor pin on Instagram. Have you seen it? Where you can like adjust your social battery so people know like, oh shit, don't talk to him. Number 14, men wearing dresses. Honestly, it makes no sense that wearing dresses for guys is still weird or brave. Let men and women wear what they want and not have gendered clothes. You know what? I agree, and not just because I'm a big fan of the Laid music video by James. Remember that video? Oh, it was so hot. It was the first time I ever saw a man in a dress. I was a child. I was a young child. Is that the first time I saw a man in a dress? Can, is that possible? No. Maybe, there, maybe Jack Tripper puts on a dress in Three's Company at one point. But anyway, Tim Booth in that dress in the Laid video. Anyway, number 15, having... Your young children misbehave in public. I shouldn't have to feel embarrassed about it or feel judged on how I handle the situation. Number 16, saying I love you to your friends. Oh yeah, say I love you more. Number 17, living with parents as an adult. Number 18, talking about mental health and seeking professional help. It's so frustrating that it's still considered a sensitive and taboo subject. I agree. Number 19, not holding it in if you have to pass gas and you're in public. It puts so much pressure on your system. Why can't we just accept that everybody farts? I don't. I don't eat dairy or broccoli. 
Number 20, going to the community college. The degree I'm getting here is just as valid as a degree from a prestigious, expensive school. My professors are real professors. I worked hard to be accepted and maintain my grades. Going to community or alternative colleges, taking gap years and opting out of college completely should all be more accepted. Yes. You know, I feel like I feel like it's more accepted now, that in particular, and that's just in talking to teenagers. Maybe as you get older, maybe our generation or the generation before us and after us. But now I, the, the bubble's about to break. The capitalist bubble is going to break. Maybe not in my lifetime, but definitely in the lifetime of the kids behind me. So number 21, visible tattoos and piercings in professional settings. I think that bubble, I, I live in LA though. What do I know? What do I know? Everybody's fucking tattooed here. I've got neck tattoos. You know, neck tattoos, how sexy they are. So I notice them all of the time. They're everywhere. Number 22, not drinking. I don't drink at social events. I'm always asked why. I would never question you. Dougie 360, I would never question you. Number 23, not explaining your choices to others. People always think you owe them an explanation, even when your choice doesn't involve them. Agreed. 24, mid-sized bodies and bodies of every size and shape. I don't get how societies fall into labels of simply normal skinny and plus size. There are a lot more options. Number 25, talking about how much you get paid at work. We should know if we're getting paid the same as other people with similar jobs and experiences. Yes, wage transparency. It is there. It's illegal in California to make a law, right? It's a labor law violation to say these sirens you hear this? It's awful. It's illegal to say that you can't talk about your wage because wage transparency is uh, something. Anyway, I always ask people what they make, and I'm always honest about what I make. Number 26, talking to kids about serious topics like BLM, LGBTQ, LGBTQA, and diverse communities. Not talking about it stigmatizes them, making the automatic view of them negative. Number 27, friend breakups. We act like friendship is pure and lasts forever, but friendships can be toxic and abusive too. It's okay to walk away from friendships. It's okay for a friendship not to work out. Number 28, staying single as an adult. I dated a lot in my teens and 20s and decided to just stay single after my last relationship ended. Other generations act like it's so strange and they can't fathom how I can feel happy and fulfilled on my own. Number 29, not wearing makeup or a bra. I will never normalize that. I wear those things every day. Number 30, talking back to older people. I shouldn't have to automatically be respectful just because you're older than me. Respect should be earned. If an older person is a bad person, I should be allowed to talk back. I think that respect should be automatic. And I think that respect should be, uh, I don't think you have to earn my respect. Earning my respect implies that the first time I meet you, I would treat you with disrespect because you have not earned that respect. I think that my personal view, I'd like to give everybody the tenet of respect until they really hurt me <laughs> until they hurt me and then sometimes two or three times which is not which is my thing to work out but yeah anyway number 31 saying no to invitations simply because you're not in the mood to socialize number 32 not wanting to have kids everyone goes wild when they hear that i don't want or need kids to make me feel valuable and complete kids are great but they're just something i don't want to do right now you know I used to want kids and then I started working with kids and it fulfilled that like father parent thing in that I needed to like mentor, you know, pass on my worldviews. <laughs> Number 33, breastfeeding in public. It's the most natural way to feed a child. There's nothing sexual or indecent about it. Number 34, saying the word vagina. <laughs> okay, okay, just a monster. That's who wrote that. Saying the word vagina, but Virginia is so much cuter. Number 35, for children to play with any toy 
they want. Why do there have to be toys for girls and toys for boys? Everyone can benefit from nurturing a doll or from building with Legos. I agree with that. I used to play with dolls. I used to have a kindergarten girlfriend. That's what they used to call her. Her name was Summer Lee, but she was not my girlfriend. I was her gay BFF and she knew it and I knew it. Anyway, we would go over to her house to play Barbies and I don't remember why and I don't think I ever knew why, but that stopped for some reason. And I don't know if it's because my dad's second wife found out I was playing with Barbies or what, I don't know. But I miss those Barbies. She had an incredible, not only did she have an incredible Barbie collection, she had a suitcase to like house all the clothes. That's what I really was into, the fashion. I loved the fashion. Okay, all of that is to say, perspectives can change. There was an experiment that they did on people with, they presented the people with two pictures, two faces, and you had to choose which one was more attractive, A or B. And then they went through a bunch of pictures, A or B. And then at the end, they collected all the pictures that the people said were the least attractive of the two. So if you picked A as the attractive picture, they would show you later, they would show you B and ask you to defend why you thought that that one was the more attractive one. So they were like gaslighting you. And people, they realized, they found out that people would defend the choice even if they hadn't made the choice. So they would defend why they thought B was the most attractive one even if they had chosen A. So what that told them is that reasoning is a condition of like protecting your tribe, like protecting the group mentality because we tend to have similar beliefs as our close circle. And so to reason those beliefs was developed as a tool of survival, was to like, you know, back in the day. There's an interesting article on it. I wish I'd flagged it. I bet I could find it again. But it was an interesting, I did it in a private window, so nothing saves. I don't do Google Chrome anymore. Since I got the new computer, I've been doing only Mozilla because do you know that Firefox, that Google sells your information. You know that, right? There's a class action lawsuit. Google sells your information. Every Even in your private browsing, even when you're in incognito mode in Google Chrome, all of that stuff continues to be tracked by Google. That's what it says it's not doing. That's what the class action suit is, is that people were private browsing in incognito mode and all their information was sold. And that's all part of their data package on them is all the private. Imagine everything you've searched for in incognito mode, everywhere. It's everywhere. Imagine everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows all your secrets. But that's okay. I love you because of your secrets. You know that? I love you because of your secrets. There's nothing you could do that would change my opinion on you because I love you. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend and I'll talk to you on Monday. Okay, goodbye.
Okay. 
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up.